0: is yea and amen. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word encourages. Your word impacts. Your word changes. Your word moves things. Your word rearranges lives. I'm praying that your word will come today with all its power, with the intensity of its strength, And with the depth of his grace, and your word will find a place in our hearts and be a blessing to us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Today is a special day in Agape House of Worship. It's special because it's our State of the Church Sunday. It's our us, you know, which comprises of the sharing of our annual reports. And in the next few minutes, uh, we will go into that. Uh, You'll be receiving the report, and we will go through that together. Amen. Uh, But before we go, I just like I like to establish why we do this briefly. Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verse five. I would like all of us to read that scripture together. It should be displayed on the screen. Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verse five. If we can all go, let's go. One, two, go. Examine yourself to see whether you are still you are in faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you have failed the test. Self-examination is very critical. In fact, it is the most important examination. The most important examination to you is self examination not the examination set by others. People who pass the exam set by others are people who are good in self-examination. Let's go and let's read another scripture. You know, I have another scripture there that I want us to read. Can we go, please? All right, Galatians 6, uh, 3, 4, and 5. Can we go together? One, two, go. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, They deceive themselves. Each one should test their own action. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Amen. The best examination is self-examination. Self-examination allows us to see what God has done in our lives. That's why we should always do it. See what God, often, down, often time we miss what God has done. There's a story of a lady who just thought life was unfair. Nothing was working for her. God has not been good. She was actually angry at God and she was about to quit the faith. And she said to herself, before I quit, finally, however, let me at least thank God for what he has done for me all these years that I've been a Christian. And she took out a pen and paper And began to look into and began to, you know, write down. They said, Lord, before I quit, I want to thank you because there was a time you healed me. There was a time you did this for me. There was a time you did that for me. And at the end of that exercise, she said to herself, you know what? I can't quit. God has been too good to me. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you can't quit now. God has been too good to you. If we don't do that, the enemy can lie to us, the enemy can deceive us, the enemy can cause us to focus on what is not going on, making them appear to be larger than what is going on for you. I bet you there's a lot going on for you now than what is not going on for you. One is your life. The Bible says to him that is joined to the living, there is hope. A living dog is better than a dead lion. You might be a, a, a lion, but if you are dead, what difference does he make? You are alive, and you have hope, and you have every reason to thank God. Amen. Self-examination also allows us to see our strength and our weaknesses. That is the basis for improvement. And that is one of the things we, as human, we are separate from every other animal. We are sophisticated because God created us like that. God created us with a sense to be able to assess ourselves, to be able to see areas of our strengths and areas of our weaknesses. Because when we see that, we can work on them. That's self-examination. Self-examination also allows us to see our potential when it's done correctly. You're able to see what you are capable of doing, right? What is capable, where you are missing opportunities. You're going to be able able to see missed opportunities in your life. So that is what this is about, the annual report. As a collective body, we are able to see what God has done in the last one year, and we're going to get into that. As a collective body, we are able to see our area of strength and our areas of weaknesses, and we can identify them together and work on them. Also, we are able to see our potential as a church. What we are capable of doing, but we are not doing now. That's your potential. Your potential is what you could do, but you are not doing. What you are able to, but you are not doing yet. And that is going to be what we're going to. I just want to lay a very solid foundation for that. But I have like 20 minutes to preach. So I'm going to talk briefly today about God's calling to partnership. Because I believe strongly, God has called all of us to be partners with Him. God is not just looking for customers. God is not just looking for employees. God is not just looking for members. God is looking for partners. And I believe this is also our motto for this church. This is at the core of our church. We're not just looking for members. We're not just looking to fill uh, the pews, to fill the church every Sunday to be happy. That is not the measure of our strength. The measure of our strength is people who say, I'm going to go beyond that and become partners, partners with God. Because that is how God designed his kingdom. Kingdom is not just about membership. Kingdom is about partnership. Amen. I'm going to go through a few points, you know, that just highlight that. And, you know, uh, hopefully we can do it very quick. And I, I trust that we will in Jesus' name. So church membership is partnership. I want you to say it. Church membership is, is partnership. Kingdom membership is partnership. We're going to read a scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. The scripture we read is very, very powerful. I want us to read it together. Can we read it? As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. So we are God's partners. All right? Once you become a member of the kingdom, once you become a heir of the kingdom, in fact, Jesus said we are joint here with Christ. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, you know, uh, the, the, the scripture says that, that you are here of God and joint here with Christ. You know, that is, we are partner with Christ. You know, partnership is, is the heart of God's agenda. Now, God could have chosen to do everything by himself. God could have chosen to expand the kingdom using the angels. God could have chosen to do these things or chosen to do this thing differently. But in his infinite wisdom, God chose to walk with us. And that's an awesome responsibility. God chose you, God chose me, and he made us partners. You know, so that together we can walk with him to achieve his agenda. Praise the name of Jesus. So that's very, very important, that at the heart of God is his partnership with men. God will not do anything without human involvement. He was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, will I do anything on earth without sharing with my servant Abraham? God always finds people that will be partners. Isn't that interesting? Partners sometimes suggest equality, all right? Partners, when you say, this is my partner, we are, you know, business partner, we are whatever partner, we are suggesting equality. And God decided, you know what, I am going to lift you up to my level so that I can call you my partner. Isn't that amazing? So God is saying, as God's partners, other translation says, God's co-workers. So we're not just workers. We're God co-workers because God is the owner of the work. God started the work and invited us to join in, to be partners with him. Hallelujah. So kingdom membership and church membership is partnership. Hallelujah. Number two, partnership is ownership. I want you to say it. Partnership is ownership. Very, very different when you, you know, a lot of establishments are set up so that people can walk their way to be partners, all right? Maybe a law firm, the big four, accounting firm, the consulting firm, you know, a lot of people who work in those industries, they know the real benefit comes when you become a partner, all right? You start out as an employee. As an employee, you just work for your money and you go. You don't have ownership then at some point you can become a partner. A partner means you share in the profit, all right? You, you own a portion of the business. Now, God has called us into partnership because he also wants us to have ownership, an attitude of ownership. So partners behave differently because partners, go, partners know they can't just up out and leave when things aren't working, Right? Partners, they, they work harder because we have to make this thing work. Partners, they go out there and look for businesses because they know that affect their bottom line. Employee says, you know what, if it's not working, I go get another job, right? It's so easy for me to just leave. I don't need to do much. I just give them my 2 weeks notice. Is it, is it still two weeks? I've forgotten about that. I thought maybe they've changed that, right? I give them my two weeks notice, I leave. Partners can't do that because they have ownership. We have ownership with God. Amen. We have ownership. In fact, the word partnership is from two words, part and ownership. So you are a part owner, you know. If you're a member of this church, you are a part owner. We don't want you to see yourself as just somebody that shows up on Sunday. Uh, We don't want you to just say, you know, I'm an attender of that church or I just attend this church. God is not looking for attenders or attendees. God is looking for people who have a sense of ownership. He doesn't want you to come here and to say their church. No, it's not their church. It's our church. Amen. You know, some people talk to me, they say, Pastor, your church is great. I said, no, it's our church is great. Our church is doing well because we all have a sense of ownership, all right? An owner treats something differently. People who have ownership, you know, they take care of their you know, their thing. They see what is going on. You know, they say we want to do something about that. Something happened in the last week or two weeks. Somebody came up to me and said, oh, this pulpit is crack, I want to replace it, all right? It's been cracked for a while. Some of you don't notice. And just came to me and said, this puppet is cracked. The Lord laid it in my heart to replace it. You know, what, how much does it cost to replace? And I said, you know, praise God. I mean, we, we worked out that. Immediately I did that. Another person walked up to me to say, you know what? This puppet is cracked. The Lord laid it in my heart to fix it. <laughs> Funny, it's been cracked for like a year. I mean, that's funny. I mean, this happened, like, within the same week, two people. You know, and I said, I think you came a little late. <laughs> Somebody just did it. But you say, I'm still going to do it anyway. You know, but, you know, that's, that's ownership. You know, that's not waiting until, you know, we do a fundraising for puppet replacement. You know, and we, you know, and we, and we talk about it every Sunday for many, many, you know, weeks before we can get it done. Owner says... How can I make it better? Owners just don't go around to point out what is wrong in the house, right? Owners go around to say, we got to take care of this and fix this, all right? Owners don't just see things wrong and just say, you know, somebody has this problem. You know, employees do that. Owners say, how can we get it better? Hallelujah. So partnership is ownership. I want you to say partnership is ownership. And we are joint owners. I want you to say that. I want you to turn to your neighbor. We are joint owners of this. (laughs) Amen. That means we say together we are going to make this church better. Together we are going to grow this church. Together we are going to impact the kingdom. Together we are going to do what God has called us to do. I have a role to play. You have a role to play. And we are all going to play together. The 80-20 rule should not apply to church. You know, 80-20 rule in the business, they said 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the people, I mean, that's almost everywhere. You know, if you have 100 employees, 20 of them will be doing 80% of the work. That rule has been proven, you know, to be fairly accurate in the business world. It should not be so in the church, you know, that 80% of the money is given by 20% of the people. 80% 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. And the other 80% do the 20%. It's called 80-20 rule. We are changing that in Agape House of Worship. Turn to your neighbor to say, together we are changing that. Amen. Amen. God does not intend that every, some people have all the gifts. No, that's why in the kingdom everyone has a gift. Unto everyone is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Every single one, there are things only you can do. You are unique, you are fashioned, you have given your gift, you are given your talent, and God has called you to do something, and you must do it. and let the devil be ashamed. Amen. Hallelujah, turn to your neighbor, say, you must do something. And let the devil be ashamed. (laughs) Amen. So, partnership is ownership. The third and another important key to that is ownership is taking responsibility. That's what ownership does. An owner takes responsibility. Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, chapter one, you know, was not in Jerusalem. He was in exile. There was a war. Everybody everybody scattered, everybody went around, so he moved. He became a refugee somewhere, and he filed asylum, all right? And he was leaving somewhere else, and he was, uh, you know, of course, every now and then when somebody travels from home, he will ask them how he's home. How is everything going on? So on this occasion, he was, you know, he met some of the brothers that came from home. They came from Jerusalem. And he he asked them, you know, how is home? How are things at home? I've been away from there for a very long time. I'm working now. I have a great job. God has blessed me. Look at what what happened here. I'm going to read it. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble uh, and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. And that's what they told him. They said, things are now great. The Jerusalem that you left is not the Jerusalem that it is now. The wall, that beautiful wall that we were all proud of, has been broken down. The gate, Jerusalem was known as a, as a walled city with beautiful gates. Those gates that used to be, a, you know, something that people behold and they are happy, they are excited, has been burnt down. I want you to look at your, I mean, Nehemiah's response here. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Look at his response. He mourned because he took responsibility. In fact, he prayed and even went to the Lord. We don't have a lot of time. He went to the Lord and he said, Lord, I am sorry for what has befallen Jerusalem. I am sorry that we as a people, because he knew the reason why that happened is because of disobedience, right? We are sorry and I am sorry. And the Lord said, now I found a guy that he's willing to take responsibility. Every, in that he wasn't part of the leadership. He wasn't part of anybody. But he took it personal. And what he did, the Lord gave him favor. He decided to do something about it. He spoke to the king, right? The king gave him permission. He came, the king gave him resources. The Lord gave him incredible favor. He traveled home, and he organized the greatest rebuilding of all time. Building the wall of Jerusalem back in 52 days. Hallelujah. And he had all the resources to do it. That is responsibility. Taking responsibility, not blaming other people, not saying it's someone's fault, Is someone there, who is going to do this, why is this not going on? They don't do this in this church. They don't do that here. You know, in my other church, they do this. In my other church, they used to do this. You know, all these things, those are people Who don't take responsibility, right? Find a place and say, I am responsible for what is going on. I'm responsible for what is going on in in my area. And that's even what we always say here. We are responsible for what is going on in our town. So we pray, we do something, we step up and do something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to say, let's take responsibility together. Turn to your neighbor. Say, let's take responsibility together. (laughs) Hallelujah. Number four, in partnership, in partnership with God, God gives the grace. That's one thing that is also unique. And I love what what the scripture that we read said. As God's partner, I beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness or, or of God's grace and then ignore it, all right? In partnership with God, God provides the grace. And that's, that's amazing that God invites us. So it's like, I want to make you my partner, but I know you don't have the money to be the partner. You know, usually in partnership, you have to contribute a certain amount of money, you know, to also buy, you know, ownership. So God is saying, I want to make you partners. I know you can't afford it. But don't worry, I'm going to give you what it takes to be a partner. And that's what grace does for us. Hallelujah. Salvation is a gift. We don't need to earn it. Amen. So God gives us grace. That's one thing very, very powerful about this ministry that he has called us into. That we just need to accept it. We just need to say, Lord, I am ready. I am willing. I want to be used by you. I want to be a partner. I want to be part of your agenda. Lord, whatever you are doing in this season, don't do it without me. Whatever you are doing in Agape House of Worship, don't do it without me. Don't bypass me. Don't use anybody else. I want to be part of your agenda. That's very important to say that. Hallelujah. And when you say that, God gives the grace. The Bible says he give it, He gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. Ephesians four seven says, "But to each one of us grace has been given, as Christ apportioned it. Christ apportions grace for each one of us. We all have grace, but when we combine it together, we advance the kingdom. Souls are won for the kingdom of God. Those souls are brought into the kingdom, disciple for this, uh, for the for the kingdom, and in turn made." Uh, made missionaries for the kingdom. You know, that's the process, all right? But it takes combined effort of all that, combined effort of every one of us. God never designed the church to just be a place where some single star run the place. No, he designed it to be a place where everyone sees themselves as a critical part of the kingdom A critical member, an important member. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. Number five, and our last point today: effective partnership hinges on our faithfulness. All right. It hinges on our faithfulness. God gives us the gift. God gives us the grace. God gives us. our gift, our talent, He expects us to be faithful with it. I'm going to read a scripture, First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Say God's grace comes in various forms. Your grace is not my grace. My grace is not your grace. But God's grace is distributed to every one of us in various forms. And the Bible says here we are stewards of it, right? He gives it to us. It is that grace that allows us to be partners, co-owners, right? Movers and shakers. Do you know that we are all movers and shakers in the kingdom of God? We are all movers and shakers. It's not just for some people. We are all movers and shakers. All right? No single person can shake the kingdom. No, it takes a collective effort. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says here, As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one that who speaks the very words of God. If you are speaking, speak as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So, if you are serving, serve with the strength that God provides, because God provides the grace, the strength to serve. Did you see that? Hallelujah! So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. Did you see that? So, yours may not be speaking. You may never step on stage. In fact, you never want to step on stage. That's fine. But that does not make your own service less important. Just imagine this church without anybody cleaning it. All right? There are people who walk up here every Saturday to do it. Just imagine the church today without sound ministry, without people who put together all these things that happen, without people who spend hours praying on Fridays, without, you know, people who help you out in the parking lot. Those so of you will come a little late, you know, there's a lot of work there, right? Uh, just imagine this church without either, you know, faithfulness of its leaders. Imagine a church without all these people doing different things doing it with the ability that God has given. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. God provides the strength to serve. If you are not serving, it's because you are not receiving the strength to serve. God provides. Nobody serves in their own strength. Nobody serves with their own power. We are served because God has given us the grace to serve. Praise the name of Jesus that's my challenge for you. That's my word for you today. And I pray that it will bless you. I pray that it will stir you up. I pray that it will encourage you. I pray that it will challenge you. I pray that you will respond accurately and adequately to the word. And it will be a blessing to you in Jesus' name. There is a reward of partnership. Partnership is ownership. There's such a reward to it. The reward is here on earth, the reward also. Is in heaven. The reward of partnering with God is just amazing. So I want to invite you into that. I want to invite you into a life of partnership. I want to invite you into a joint relationship with God, and you will be shocked how much great things He can do through you. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we honor you. What a good God you are. What a faithful God you are. Lord, we ask as we offer ourselves today to be partners, to really walk with you, we pray for grace and we pray for supernatural ability to discover who we are in you and to release ourselves to do the great things that you have called us to do. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. So we're going to move seamlessly into...